Do you remember the first story that was so spellbinding that it drove you to break the rules and stay up all night? To keep reading, keep listening, keep playing? So good you forgot your life and lived there? So good that the moment it ended you asked yourself, what next? Welcome to the floor. Our goal is to take you back, take you deeper, to explore and understand more, and relive that childlike wonder. Join us as we dive deep into humanity's greatest stories, no matter how they are told, through books, movies, television, even games. One of us does an in-depth research on our topic. One of us is familiar with the topic. And one of us knows nothing. So the right questions will always be asked and will be addressed for anyone coming into the topic, regardless of how much you know. Enjoy another world another adventure, another spellbinding story. Join us on the floor. Welcome to the floor. We are still in the world of the... Welcome to the floor. We are still in the Witcher universe. We're diving into episode three of season three. So the new season uh, on Netflix, if you're up to date here on your episodes. So as always, we were going we're to kind of move through the episode, diving deeper into the lore points for you to... Uh, understand more and go deeper into. So we're going to start with, of course, the young girl who was rescued at the end of the previous episode, a young girl who looks like Cirilla and believes she is Cirilla. Real quick, this episode name is Reunion, and all three of us are hanging out together today for the first time. In fact, recording, so we're having a reunion for this episode reunion. Anyways, take it away, Jim. So her name is Taryn. Now, she is a creation and introduction by Netflix. So Within the books, we encounter a girl called Cirilla Fiona. Now, if we jump back to an event that does happen within the Netflix series, it happens in the books as well. And this is where Codringer proposes to Geralt, we find a lookalike, a decoy. Everyone is looking for this girl. If we can just find someone who looks like her, they can catch her and you won't have to spend all your time running and in danger constant. Right, because they will have the body. They'll have a body. A body. Um, so Geralt is like, no, we are not doing that. Now, within the books, we encounter the fact that when Reince goes to Codringer and Friend, he finds the location and description of this girl. Now, he knows this is not Cirilla, but he thinks, I can give this to Emir and pay off my debt and get out of this and go do the things I want to do instead of having to just spend all my time looking for this girl. So he tracks down this Cirilla Fiona. They kidnap her and they take her to Emir, who instantly recognizes that is not Cirilla because Cirilla is his daughter. Right. And, and this is in the books. Yeah, this is in books. And of course, Reitz has no idea that Cirilla is Emir's daughter and he's not going to immediately recognize that. So uh, Cirilla Fiona, within the books, she was actually a noble uh, in Sintra. So she is Sintran. Um, and she does have some element blood in her, and she was raised in a noble family, so she's familiar with court etiquette, and she can read, and she is a very good duplicate for Cirilla. And during the attack on Sintra, her parents are killed, and she's left as an orphan. Uh, she begins working at a textile mill. Her job is just to measure out the cloth before they stitch it into Ari's clothing, Ew. and that is where she is kidnapped from and taken away to meet with Emir. Now, like I said, in the Netflix series, we have not encountered a Sibylla Fiona. We've encountered Taryn, which seems to be similar. 
So I don't know what pieces of that story they'll keep and not keep. Um, so she's kind of her own thing happening here. But the idea of this decoy has was was around before. Okay. Uh, Geralt takes this uh, girl, who at the time he doesn't know her name, to a druid named Annika, wherein he meets uh, Otto Dersat, who he knows from elsewhere, and now discovers that this werewolf he saved a long time ago is uh, living with this druid that he knows. Is he not a druid? What? No, this is this is in the Netflix. So okay. the druid is in the Netflix. Otto Dersat, his story is in the books as well. So I'll go into the druid first. The druid is a friend of Geralt's mother's. That's how he knows her. So like I said, that's a Netflix. Like, Mom, that got rid of him, remember? So. I don't remember. I, but I didn't think she had, like, parents. And his mom got rid of him. She was like, go that way. I'll be here. And then he came back, and she was gone. And then the witchers took him. Yeah, well, I mean, they didn't take him. They fathered him. <laughs> Not like Jedi. They didn't just come in and steal him. Um, but yeah, so that's that's how in the Netflix that's how he knows uh, Annika. So Otto, um, the story varies a little bit. So within the Netflix series, he is a feral and dangerous uh, werewolf, and Geralt brings a stone that can essentially prevent him from turning into a werewolf, and is able to save him that way instead of having to kill him. Mm. Right now, within the books, Otto is a werewolf, but he's not dangerous. He's in complete control in his wolf form. But the people think he's dangerous. And so they hire Geralt to kill him. And Geralt is like, he's not dangerous werewolf. He has no intention of hurting or killing anyone. Right. So they get Otto away from that people. And Otto eventually finds a woman named Edwina, who is also a werewolf. And they get married and they have several children. Now, within the books, Geralt goes back to enlist Otto's help for, like, he needs to track her, to track by scent. And uh, so that's when he comes back for his help. So now within Netflix, they actually tell the story of Otto and Edwina. And Edwina dies in a fire along with all the children. And it was there at the temple where they were mourning that Annika and Ola meet. So they do keep that story. But rather than tell the original story of Otto in the Netflix, they just verbalize it as backstory. Well, no, they burn that story to the ground, literally. <laughs> well, they add in things that happen later, right? Um, so, yeah, so that is Otto... Uh, Dursat. So yeah, here he is a actual dangerous werewolf, and at one point, uh, the stone around his neck gets knocked off, and he does start to revert back. And then somebody grabs the stone and saves the day. Oh, surprise! It's girl. And all is all right. So uh, yeah, so he brings this girl to Annika. They make a potion and they do some spells. She's able to get her memory back, but she's kind of like floating back and forth between the two. Sometimes she's and sometimes she's Cirilla in her mind, right? And Geralt is able to, he's starting to interrogate her, gets her name, Taryn, and some other information. And then the mage who has done this to her takes over her. That's when Nina attacks them, and that's when it gets the stone. And then uh, Geralt realizes that that mage is at Eratuza. Right? You know, somewhere at Eratuza is a mage who was doing all of this. All right, so jumping to Yennefer and Cirilla. Yennefer was taking Cirilla to Eratuza, and they stop in the town of Garstang. I don't think they mentioned the name in the Netflix series, um, but essentially this was just a town that grew up supporting Eratuza, right? Eratuza needed food, so it was farmland, and eventually you have people coming in to provide services to the farmers and just different things. So like the laundry, food, just all that stuff comes from Gangston to Eratuza. 
And then the girls, when they're novices, are not allowed to go there, um, but they do sneak out. And at one point, Cirilla is seen doing magic, and one of the teachers is in town and accosts her, thinking that this is Novice who's snuck out, right? That's you you saying Novice to mean novice? Yes. Okay, Novice is cool. We can use it to be, as long as it means the same thing. Novice, cool. Novice is a novice in Aratuzabur. So Jennifer is in the town, and she's got a secret meeting with Tassay. She wants to try and make things right before she shows up at Aratuz's doorstep. Asking for, you know, help with Cirilla. Okay. Um, because, you know, the last time she has seen the mages of Eretuza, she was supposed to execute Kahir and instead burn down a bunch of stuff that escaped with him. Yes. So she's, she's got some explaining to do. Which she does admirably without lying at all. As always, you know, yeah, Freya is super upfront, honest, no ulterior motives. <laughs> so while she's doing that, Cirilla is sent to wander the town. She does have a, an escort, uh, just a young apprentice from the bank where they, they're having used to go to meeting. And uh, so she's told not to attract attention. And in, in the town, there's a show where they're claiming that it's a basilisk. But Cirilla, with her witcher training, immediately recognizes that it's a baby. I love this scene so much. This is probably my favorite scene in the whole episode. Is she's like, no, dude, you're treating it with disrespect. It's not a basilisk. It's a wyvern. She somehow manages to get it to escape, and then it's, no, no, no. So the guy tries to hit her because he wants to shut her up and knocks the cage over, and it breaks open when the creature's Look, get. She's mad at him for treating it with disrespect, lying to people. And then what does she do after that? She freaking kills it. She's like, dude, you're disrespecting this animal. Yeah. You can't play with your toy anymore. and just kills it. So she, uh, you know, everybody's running around terrified now that this thing is loose. And uh, Cirilla catches it, kills it, and then realizes she has done what she's not supposed to do. Draw attention to herself. Again, she just can't help herself. So this is her first monster kill. No, she's done quite a few with Geralt. She's pretty, like, she is She is excelling at the monster fighting. And I, do, I do want to bring up Freya Allen at this point. I think in season one, Freya Allen was an awesome Cirilla. She was supposed to be a young girl and a kid. But by this point in the story, uh, you know, Cirilla, she is a full-grown witcher warrior, right? And in the games, you see that. She's an Amazon. She's muscular. She's almost as tall as Geralt. She's powerful. Mm-hmm. Freya Allen still looks like she's 12. <laughs> well, I mean, she's... <laughs> and her defense this hasn't gone to uh, witcher puberty. Yet. So she's just, just like, you know, she when they hired her, you know, I think she was like 16 or something, and she just... It's state tiny. And so I th- whenever I see her fighting monsters with her swords and her tiny body of like... <laughs> to be fair, she does fight differently than Geralt. You know, she does not fight as brutish. But uh, yeah, I feel like they really got to... Instead of just kind of going with the story, and it's really... It's like, you've got to kind of do some things to make her a little more flashy and a little more, uh, you know, finesse. Because she dead and doesn't have this... So hired to pull off these moves. Yeah. And just tying... Or, or talk to Tom Hardy... Like, yo, what workout plans you do when you gave me haste? Because, like, if we, we had a Cirilla Bane kind of hybrid, no, not we could bleed. He, he headbutt a dragon and knock it out. So, Cirilla gives the sword to a knight who is standing nearby, tries to give him credit, and takes off. So, oh my god, oh, thank you so much. You're amazing. You saved the day. And he's like, I, I did it. I'm so good. It was so cute. Then Cirilla is stopped by, like I said, that teacher from Eretuza, 
and uh, she's getting scolded by her when Yennefer shows up. Um, and to explain that, hey, this is not a novice from Eretusa. This is my ward who I hope to send to Eretusa. You right? You treat her like this. Then. Well, not only that, but like then Yennefer goes with a bunch of mages to like a bathhouse, and they are treating Cirilla like she's a sorority pledge. They're just very rude, very mean, very demanding. To be honest, like I did. Well, so Cirilla's used to being a, a princess. I did construction for a year. I thought they were treating her like how you treat anyone. Matt. Like it was it was pretty normal to me. I was like, oh, okay. So she's initiation. Yeah, just listen, whatever, your head down. And she was just like, Oh my gosh, they told me to go get them wine and serve it to them. I'm like, kill them all. So I think there was a like a little bit. They were definitely not being the nicest, but she was definitely used to being treated with a silver spoon sometimes. Gotcha. So uh so she does what she always does. She runs away. She runs away. <laughs> and then Yennefer, she runs away from Yennefer in a very scary place. There's a lot of people who want to kill her. That's kind of risky. And then Yennefer and Tessay make a deal to hold a conclave to try and unite the Northern Kingdoms because they're kind of fighting each other for Cirilla because they're like, she has the rightful claim to Sentra, which is a whole kingdom up for grabs right now. And isn't her dad... The king of Nilfgaard? But nobody knows that. You know that. And yeah, the, the, the audience. But nobody knows that. Yeah. Show okay. But none of the kings or even the spies. Geralt doesn't know that. Yeah. Right. He's still. Cirilla doesn't know Why Nilfgaard was on to her first, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's why. But he doesn't know that. Yeah. So what's the yes you're up to? So jumping in Dijkstra. Darn it. So Dijkstra realizes that uh, Vizimir, the king of Verdania, is making a deal with Nilfgaard without him, and he is losing some of his influence. So he and Philippa uh, decide that they will make a deal. These are like the consultants for this kingdom. Yeah. Okay. And so Dijkstra is the spy master. Okay. Philippa is a mage, so she is the mage advisor from Eratusa to Verdania. Yeah. And Dijkstra is just a class, class act. Just manipulator. It's amazing to watch. She's so sleazy. So, yeah. So, they decide they need to deal with the queen because she's exerting a lot of influence on the king and they're losing theirs. They don't care for this situation. So, uh, when uh, Vizimir is expected to get final news from the deal with Nilfgaard, a chest arrives and in it is his wife's head. So, Dijkstra all but admits to uh, Radovid that he did this and he threatens to do the same to Radovid. Radovid's the king's brother. Okay. And, and Radovid, which king? Uh, Vizimir, king of Radania. Radania, Radish. So Radania is uh, like they have the largest spy network in the northern kingdom. It's House of Radania, House of Radania. You have a Radania. So, oh, and then Radovid meets Yaskir, right? We need to know. That was in the previous episode when they first meet. Did we not talk about that one when they go some place for him? Oh, we did a little bit. Yeah. So, so uh, we know Estred is studying the monoliths, and he discovers that in Nilfgaard is a book about these monoliths that he wants. And so he hires somebody to go and get it, and they discover that the book has been sent to Eretusa. Do you remember who Estred is? Uh, Jennifer's first love. Okay. All right. And finally, we have Kahir, right? Kahir. We mentioned that he was being punished. Sent he so he's the he's, he wore the Blackwing helmet 
Wing Helmet, he hunts Cirilla. In the first season, he was like main villain. He had a doppelganger with him. Yes, okay. And then it was with the universe. So, to, so because of his betrayal of Ymir with uh, Vangela, Vangela was sent to be a poison tester in the dungeons and gave right. it to her. And Ahir was sent to the front lines to just fight endless skirmishes with the northern troops. So he meets up with uh, Gallatin, who is the... He's not the leader of the elves, but he's the leader of the Squintel, right? But he's also, like, has their hearts. And a lot of people like Gallatin because of just how he fights, how he talks. He's a leader. He's a lot. Yeah. So Kahir takes Gallatin to meet with Mir to point out what's going on with the elves. Gallatin is like, Francesca is... Making a mess of things. She is doing, you know, getting us killed for nothing. She's just looking for this girl, right? And um, Kahir is kind of putting forward the idea that we need to make Gallatin the leader of the elves, not Francesca. And Demir is like, cannot divide the elves. We need them united in what I want. And Gallatin's clearly a leader. So Emir tasks Kahir with killing his friend Gallatin. She does. And he does. And you can see it is tearing him apart inside. Yeah, dude. Hey, dude, nice. Noticed emotions. For you, dude. He's easy, dude. And so, I mean, Yaskir only appears briefly in this episode where, uh, you know, that the girl he's with says he has a crush on Radovid. Uh, oh, it's so funny. Oh, yeah, that did happen. Yeah. He got told he has a crush on Radovid because Radovid's honest and clever and witty and very much like Yaskir. Yaskir's, he kind of is. He's Well, he's thoughtful. Yeah, that's well. You don't remember the quote, Radovid the quote? No, it's like, he, like, he came, like, I don't understand why people say chess is a good game for training rulers. He says, because you, everyone has the same amount of pieces and everyone can make the same moves. He says, that is nothing like real life. That is not how you rule a kingdom. Radovid is very good at the game of manipulation and control. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You, you get creepy vibes from Yeah, like, you see him as honest and sincere with uh, Yaskir, and I see Radovid being like, if I appear honest and sincere, that is what will work on Yaskir. And Yaskir is in the back pocket of the Witcher, and the Witcher connects to a lot of important things. Yeah. There's a reason he caters to him. He finds usefulness. Yeah. Fair enough. Any comments, questions, concerns? No, Gussing. No, I think that was a pretty good one. It was a good episode. There was no flesh monsters this time. <laughs> Unless you just count real people. Oh, there's the... The Wyvern. Yeah, the Wyvern. It's not really a flesh monster. Yeah, the flesh... Oh, no, you, you've seen the flesh monster. That's in the previous episode, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you say? Was, was it duty? Duty? <laughs> I was like, scale of one to do. Now, duty was it? No, uh, the the term that came to my mind was uh, flesh mound, flesh mound. Yeah, yeah. From D and D, there's a monster called Flesh Mound. It reminded me of Flesh Mound. What did you think of a human heads screaming in pain? It, it was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, like I said, they made this creature up, but it's a good one. Yeah. Um, it also reminded me of uh, in the game Fading Suns. There's these things called symbiotes, and they essentially can flesh craft themselves. So, like, they'll go and take over somebody's body and just mold their body into theirs, and they become these big, weird, crazy things. Uh, so it's like Dark Souls. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, it does. Lolly, it gives you a very Dark Souls vibe. That body, like, what is his name? The the Ultrush. No, oh, uh, the first one is he fights uh, Morgan, and it's the guy fight after him, where he's like grafting Godric the Grafter. Oh yeah, he's oh, wow, because he grafts pieces to people he defeats onto his body. Oh, oh you're talking about uh, the other one, that El Eldring. Yeah, Elden Ring. I was I was thinking about like Dark Souls. Uh, Aldrich is like a like a larva basically, and it eats half the king, and it like fuses with him. So it's like so when you fight Aldrich, it's actually the top half is the king, bottom half. But you're actually fighting Aldrich, the God Eater is what he's called. Yeah, and fight Godric the Grafted. He's got all kinds of arms and all these feet, but they're all like way smaller than his. Yeah, he's just got these little arms that are like and then like fingers. Big, big dude. Yeah, he was cool. I hung out with him. He did not hug out. He didn't hug out. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. Yeah, I hope you've been floored now. Go floor your friends.